Hey everyone, thank you for taking the time to join in with Uncommon Women Podcast, a dope podcast to bring light to reality from real life people sharing real life stories with a host of women having real life talk, the good and the bad with no judgment. Uncommon Women's Loyalty is here to support those that need a safe space to speak their truth and rawness to the world. Tune in. Relax, take notes, and let's vibe. Here are your hosts, Uncommon Women. Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shamira, and today we have a returning guest by the name of Portia Michelle. Uh, She's actually on episode 10. Uh, thank you so much, Portia, for coming back. Today, she'll actually be sharing her testimony. Um, and been talking about her agency called Covenant Lives. She's a woman of many hats. She's a mom, she's a wife, and she does a lot for the community. So I'm super excited for her to be on our platform today and share her testimony. How are you doing, Portia? Wow, thank you for the awesome introduction, Shamira. I'm super excited to be back here at Uncommon Women. Um, congratulations to you all. This has grown into something very beautiful. And I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you. And we are super excited for having you today. Um, so before we get into the nuggets of your testimony, can you tell us a little bit about your um, life and how it was growing up? Oh, absolutely. I would say uh, growing up for me, I'm from Coastal, Pennsylvania. And I grew up in a community called Carver's Court. And in Carver's Court, which is town on, a, on the brink of Cowan Township, it was a it was a strong community um everybody there i grew up around you know community and what it really meant to be in community for sure we depended on each other for things i i grew up there i was i, I think my mom and dad moved there when i was about four years old and we left there when i was like 92 i was going into the fifth grade and i'm talking about your friends became family we were, we're all cousins even to this day Yes. Some people grew up on Brooks Lane. Some people was on the back side. You know, we was on Friday Street in the front. Um, we had Miss um, McGinley's in my hair. My mom and dad had a candy store. Um, they did Charlie's chips as well. Miss Gladys made bean pies and cheesecake. I mean, there was nothing that we needed outside of the community. And we cooked out together. You know, we played together. And I grew up strong in that way. And a lot of the elders in the community even still today you know we revere them like miss amanda winky miss pam Depp. um it was just some really amazing strong women even miss sharon hunt that i could always go to outside my mom uh, we learned about i learned about how to be involved and engaged and, and um, advocate for justice in regards to the kids they always were rallying together um being on top of you know issues that were happening in our community with the children and i've just always been involved in the community that way so that's where i got the community sense um as far as my parents go my mom and dad have been they'll be married 42 years I'm couple, couple <laughs> and when i look back you know as a kid it's like you know i look at i used to look at all the things my mom and dad didn't provide or what they didn't do and missed all the great things and attributes yeah. characteristics that they did have being young parents themselves so now being a, a mother and being a wife myself today, I can look back and say, wow, like through it all, they weathered the storms and they did yes. it together. 
even when it was rough, they they have a very special relationship, one that I've, I've grown to respect and one that one that I understand now. I remember when <laughs> just a, it was a challenge. May have been a year they were, they had a challenge in the relationship and may have considered breaking apart, uh, but they didn't. And nonetheless, I understood what it meant to truly live up to those vows because that's the worst part, for better or for worse, takes on a new meaning today. So I would say growing up for me, and I, even in my my family, I believe we I had the best of both worlds. Okay. My, mother, my mother's side of the family was very into the church, very much into religion. My father's side of the family, they were very, what they would consider, uh, I want to say even use the word worldly, but they were more independent entrepreneurs. And, you know, so I had the best of both worlds. And it was, um, our family is very diverse in, in their beliefs and their lifestyles. So as a kid, I, I got to be exposed to a lot of different ways of living. Mm-hmm. And it made me, for me, I believe it's made me a more well-rounded person to be open um, to to other people, their cultures, their language, what they eat, their lifestyle. So I, re- I appreciate my, I appreciate my childhood today. That's awesome. So seeing your parents, you know, being together for over 42 years and now you being a wife, is there anything, any essentials that you see that you may want to bring into your marriage as well? Yeah, just not quit. <laughs> you know, so quit. Just uh, communication, right? It's, um, you know, honoring the covenant, yes. not just you know, as in, in the marriage, honoring the covenant and understanding that we made this commitment to the commitment of the commitment. No matter Come how long we're doing this together. And I truly believe that, and, and I never thought I would be married. Right? I was I was the child that said, listen, I'm going to do it my way, this and that, it's the highway, you're going to believe what I believe, blah, blah, blah. All them things, and here I am, right? Uh, we're celebrating three years together in July. And we'll be celebrating our first and our marriage anniversary in December. And it's yes. absolutely, I truly believe that at the time of my life, when um, he was revealed that for both of us, we weren't looking for relationships, but we had both made a commitment to ourselves and the way our lives were going. So when we met, mm. it was a magnet. You know, it was like it attracted. That's it. Oh, seriously. And that's how I feel. Like I look at my husband and I say, you know, I say, I thank God one for allowing me this opportunity to be able to share my life with someone that he saw fit that I was ready, right? And then two, it's that, um, you know, when I look at him understanding that he's a gift from God for me, I see him as I see God. Like like God chipped off a piece of himself and said, here you go. You get a piece of this on earth so you can touch me, you can hold me, you can feel me, I'm here with you. That's my belief. That's but the bridge. <laughs> but it keeps me, it's it's keeping me, you know, in alignment. You know what I'm saying? With my husband, because I say, man, would I would I treat God this way? You know what I'm saying? Like not to come as a man, but it allows me to, you know, this is areas that I was totally obliv- oblivious to. Or because the way I seen women in marriages in my family, they were always quote unquote the strong ones. And everybody worked. So every every woman in my family, both sides has always worked. Nobody was, well, now we had a few of them that was catered to. Mm-hmm. But the majority of them I've always seen go to work. Um, I've never I've never got an opportunity to really see them lovingly because they were always working, working together, working for the family, what have you. 
but that was something that I desired, right? I desired the uh, the affection, you know, the holding hands and the and the holding and hugging. So I make sure we create that in our relationship. So taken from the covenant that they have, you know, outside of understanding what that first relationship was was for me was me getting to know me, me falling in love, with me. me putting me first, me knowing what I like, what I love, me knowing my boundaries. So when somebody came into my life, he didn't ready. to complete me. We came to add value to each other. And that's that's where we at today. Mm, I love the awareness because awareness was your identity and you finding your significant other. And, you know, we got to be aware when we're ready. And it's not what we want, it's when God knows that we're ready. I love that. So you spoke on something very important, the covenant of your, your marriage. Can you speak a little bit about how you started Covenant Live and where that came about? Covenant Live. So covenant in my life means so much. It's a promise. It is the agreement that I made with God. God brought me through. Um, I had a stillborn son six years ago, right? April 7th, six years ago. And unexpected, the pregnancy was unexpected one. And I was, in my mind, you know, I, I would consider myself a go-getter. At that time of my life, I was very comfortable and complacent in my job. I'm um, in my life. I had just purchased a home. Um, I felt as though, you know, as being a teen mom from 16, you know, now owning my own home, having a very successful career, that I was cool, right? Mm -hmm. So I get the I get the news. I'm expecting a baby. Now I'm preparing and I was already late in my term. I was six months when I found out. And normally wow. yeah, normally in my pregnancies, I have gestational diabetes. And um, I have um, my blood type is O negative, so I normally have to go through, you know, a series of Rogam shots to make sure that my body doesn't attack the fetus. And okay. I was already past all of them times. Like I don't even know how my son survived and how I was surviving after oh. all the time of not addressing those issues. But I was older, you know, the symptoms of being pregnant was different at that time, so I was really blowing a lot of stuff off and giving excuses for what I was feeling. I was feeling overtired because I worked a lot. I was, I was, um, I didn't really have an appetite, but because I was working a lot, everything was about, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Nonetheless, um, I found out I was, uh, I was already six months. Um, in the last few months, you know, everything I thought was pretty normal. Um, I was okay. at my I'm going to the doctors twice a week, and then I went on. I went on in on a Tuesday. There was some concerns. I was sent over to the hospital, and about an hour, doctor comes in. They look at the belt, and then I remember the nurse saying to the doctor, "You know, what do you want to do?" And he kind of looks at the belt, and he, you know, just saying to her, "Well, we're pretty busy tonight, and they didn't have time to, you know, really address it." So wow. he comes up me pushes on my stomach a few times the baby roll because right? i don't know what they're looking at i don't know what's going on nobody's really telling me and i'm just you know trusting that they're making the best decisions on my head he comes over once the baby rolled he said okay everything is looks normal so i'm gonna send you home if anything changes come back and i'm kind of like looking at him for well, what's supposed to change up till this point everything seems normal i go back on a thursday Two days later, my son has no heartbeat. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Because I had an English muffin, I had to wait seven hours 
because I couldn't yeah. get any anesthesia because I ate something, right? So I had to wait seven hours for them to do the C-section, um, to, to take Desmond. And um, I mean, I, I was not able to get many answers to the questions that I had, um, unfortunately. Um, so in the time that I had when I came home with him, after I had him, it was a series of events. Um, but the right. most important, the most important event for me was, and I was distraught. I mean, grief stricken. But in my mind, because I'm such a go getter, my mind is saying, "All right, Portia, just get back. You could just get back. You know what I mean? I go right. back. To, I can get back to what I was doing." And but my body was going through something physically that my body and my head weren't working together. And without knowing what grief is, right? Not knowing how to process what, I, what was going on because there was no follow-up from the doctor's office or the nurses. Uh, nobody called to check. Um, and at my six-week checkup, it was more so like a counseling session, but they still didn't answer any questions. And I'm still like yeah. bleeding heart. You know what I mean? So no. I came home one day and, you know, I was laying on the couch. I went and I fell into a, I fell into a deep sleep. And in that deep mm -hmm. sleep, um, God truly revealed to me um, allowed me to be in a in a place with my son, but mm. in my he was already a toddler, and I only recognized him as him as he ran away. Like I'm in a metal I'm in metal grass, right? He mm -hmm. ran down the dirt path, and I followed him because there was a man calling his name down the dirt road. Wow. And when I got closer, I realized it was my grandfather. Mm -hmm. that passed just a few weeks before my son died and he had said to me on his on his um, bed as he was passing he said that he was going on a journey and I'm like well grandpa can I come with you and he's like no girl because where I'm going you can't go he said I gotta go take care of the baby nobody knew what baby he was talking about wow. so my son passed and I had that dream and when I tell you it had been like a, Ooh, that gave me oh absolutely Absolutely. It had been a few weeks um, since, you know, he had passed and I needed that because when I tell you I was deep, dark, in a place, like I felt like I didn't need to be here no more. You know, I felt like if God did anything, you know, allow me to become a mother was like the greatest thing for me. I, I thought I was a great mom and to have had this happen so close, to, I was two weeks to my due date. They could have actually took him, me being high risk, and I found that out after that. But nonetheless, they didn't. Um, and um, I said, man, God took me. I said, why'd you take me? You know what I'm saying? Why'd you let me go mm -hmm. this long? Why'd you let me get this long? Right. And all kind of questions. And um, But me, my belief was that, you know, what kept coming to me was, you know, you'll never um, never put more on me than I could bear. Mm -hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I ain't trying to hear this right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to hear this. Like, you can't explain this. You mm -hmm. can't explain you know, all this, um, all the baby, you know, gifts that I still, because my, I just, I was a week before I had the baby shower. Wow. Here, we was, I was prepared. Like, I'm going to be honest, because we are common women. At 30-something years old, 36, 35, somewhere around there I was, I was not ready to have another baby that late in life and again. Mm -hmm. I was in, we had already broken up, and I was like, God, here we go again. I'm not trying to be nobody's baby. Right. I'm I was so tired, of, but at the, at the same time, I said, but at this time, you know, I, I do have my own home. I do have a stable job. I can afford to have this child. I have time to be with this child. Mm -hmm. And I'm, at the end, 
I was accepting. You came in agreement to it. An agreement, right? I was gonna do what I had to do. But I'm gonna tell you something that was eerie for me at that time. And I believe that I was getting prepared for what was gonna happen because when I had my other children, I could get visions of their future, right? Mm -hmm. I could see doing things with them, planning, you know, school trips and doing all that. And I remember I had uh, Desmond's ultrasound picture sitting um, below my TV. And I happened to look at it and I was like, oh, I wasn't getting nothing. I didn't get any vision of him being older mm. or I didn't, I wasn't getting anything. And I ignored that. I ignored that that night. And that night I was having what they consider Braxton Hicks contractions, but right. I can handle it. The pain wasn't that excruciating that I need to go to the hospital. So I, I went and slept through the night. And, um, but I remember that, you know, after I lost my husband, like, when I was thinking to myself, Am I, did I thank him to be pissed? Or was it my thoughts? You know, all this stuff is going in your head. Yeah, you start thinking about everything else. All stuff. So I just said, man, but I'm going to tell you, after I had that dream about Desmond, you know, with my grandfather, I was able to wake up, right? And the tears was rolling, but I felt at peace. I mm. felt um, I felt at ease because as God kept telling me, he said, I, I'm going to keep my promise to you. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't take him. You know, God said, this is how God talking to me. Right? He's telling me, listen, I didn't take him from you. Right? I'm giving you something. And mm. it makes me feel like I'm taking something from you. And I'm going to let you have your time. So mm. at this time, i God, the Father. But at this time, I'm going to tell you, God took on many roles for me. He was the nurturer. I felt like he was, you know, my mom at times. I felt like he was my right. dad. I felt like he was my best friend as I'm going through the different stages. Right? Right. So another dream that came and God spoke clear to me and he said, covenant lives, right? Covenant lives, covenant lives. Covenant lives is going to be my pathway to help other people who have my experience. And I'm like, okay, yeah, mm. whatever. I'm breathing. I don't want to do nothing for you. I'm mad at you. You took something from me. <laughs> I thought you loved right. me. This is me and God. I'm talking to God, for real. Be my friend now. You're a little resentful right now. You're not telling me what I want to know. So I had, um, it took some time for me, right? When I had went back to work, I had to go back to work um, less than 30 days because, no, it was, it was around 30 days. I had the mortgage to pay. I had bills to pay, right? And I couldn't afford to fall behind. So I wasn't ready mentally, emotionally, physically to go back to work. But I did. And I was very transparent with, um, the director at that time and I explained to them how I was feeling. I couldn't guarantee how long I was going to be there, but I would be there enough to do the job that they need me to do. And then I would mm -hmm. probably have to move on. Um, and that, that's, that's what started my acceptance and understanding um, of how I'm going to move forward, how I was going to find my strength and resilience um, to move forward. Because I, like you said, I was very involved in my community, but I, I had nothing for nobody. You know what mm. I mean? I felt empty and it felt like I was, um, I became a ghost, right? Because nobody saw me. I didn't really come out in public. Um, some people knew I was pregnant. Some people didn't. Some people who did know, didn't know I lost the baby. And it was just, it got real weird at the time. I didn't um, falter on what my assignment became, right? Mm. So God um, made it very clear. 
Um, and, and what I do is I wrote it down. So like I, I got a big sticky note, uh, put it on the wall. And as I, the visions were coming to me, I was writing them down. So I wrote mm. lines down in a circle on the paper. Um, and outside of that, I made the web lines. So outside of it was all the other components of what was supposed to be encompassed and covered. Yeah. And I had to make a promise um, that I was going to accept the assignment. And once I accepted the assignment, it was that trust. So when I when I was becoming was coming up on you know coming through and coming to acceptance, it was okay, God. You know what I mean? You said to cast my cares upon you, lay it at the altar. You said you won't handle it. This is my rock bottom. Right. I don't have nothing else. I don't have nothing else. If this is what you needed to do to get my attention, here I am. Mm. On them. I'm gonna do what you say. I'm gonna go where you say go. Whether I'm I'm comfortable about it, whether it makes sense to me, I'm trusting in your greater plan that right. you have somebody else. So Covenant Lies was birthed because it was an assignment I had to accept. Not one that I chose. I said, well, dang, in order for me to help these people, did I really have to have the experience? And I'm going to be honest with you. Yes. Mm. Because I remember another thing. When I was leaving the hospital, I was in there kicking and screaming, all kinds of stuff, right? They didn't know what to do with me. But when they was wheeling me out, there was a nurse as I was passing her. She says, I know you're going to be back one day. I ain't paying this woman no mind. I ain't paying her, y'all. Right. And there was five other women who had a stillborn, stillborn that day. Same day I was there. Not even paying that no mind. I'm, I'm being selfish. I'm worried about me. So here we are six years later. Right? And because my yes was my yes, my commitment um, to God and his promise and what he asked me to do, Right on his behalf, I'm a servant. Right on the front line. There's there's so much growth that has happened with me internally. Mm. I'm not who I was six years ago. Um, I'm definitely more stronger, more confident because there's work that I'm doing not for me, but for God. I'm I'm grateful. My gratitude is thank you for using me as a child. Right. Because all I did was how it started. I put Desmond's picture on a shirt. And if anybody's seen my son, he just looked like he was asleep. Right? Mm-hmm. So a lady came to me and she says, oh, your baby's so adorable. And I said, thank you. His name is Desmond. I got an opportunity to say his name. So now somebody else knows who he was and he exists. I validated his life. So then I got an opportunity to share his story. So in sharing his story, this woman was open to share her story. Wow. She 30 years prior, she said, wow. She said, 30 years ago, I wasn't even able to see my, my child that had passed. They didn't bring the child into the room. It was That was something taboo. They didn't do that. So she never knew what her child looked like. No, if it was a boy or a girl. And in that moment, she was holding that for 30 years. Mm. 30 years. And I said, wow, like I'm saying to myself, like, wow, like, but it was becoming relevant. And I was, I was getting a deeper understanding of what I've been called to do. Why me? 
right? God, why, why me? Why do I have to be? Why, why have to be a voice? Like, why you gotta be a voice? I was just about to say that. <laughs> and then I said, all right, Portia, why not you? You know what I mean? You're coming. I come from a place of a lived experience, but I really had to walk and talk this thing out. Like I didn't have, I didn't go to a therapist because I haven't had good history in the past. But when I say me and God truly was walking hand in hand, it's like, all right, what's the next play? I com I completed this task. What's the next play? All right, run the next play. But I already had it written out. Like if somebody was to say, what was your 10 year plan? The web of covenant lives was that 10 year plan. And in the past year, because we actually launched the nonprofit last October, we did a candlelight ceremony um, during Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. And But even the date was given to me. I was supposed to do yeah. Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. I was just obedient to what I was supposed to do, who I was supposed to talk to. I've reached out to people that I would have never reached out to. God spoke a name. I've learned to go. Say the thing. And they confirm it. Come on. It ain't for me if you understand it now. It's not for me if you say no. All I know is this is what I'm supposed to, supposed to do. So, and and even in that uh, being said, like it's been so many people who even reached out. Um, even covenant conversations. We go live on Instagram now, once a week on Wednesdays. And it's a fluid conversation with people with lived experience. It's not that they have a lived experience. It's somebody in a professional sector that can add value to be a resource mm -hmm. for the families and what they need. Um, it's it's been um, it's been a journey, right? It's been a journey. Me and my children had to learn how to communicate. And when you say, you know, how the covenant lives come about, I said all that to say this. It's what my family needed in that time. Mm -hmm. Covenant lives was birthed because I needed it to heal. And I needed it to have a way to communicate with my kids um, because I, I felt in that depression when I had the suicidal feelings yeah. that, I, that I was like, you know, what value did I have if I couldn't carry life to turn? Like, what's wrong with me? Um, there, was it something that I did in my past? I'm being punished for? Was it, you have all these thoughts going right. on. Mm -hmm. um, I understand when people get to a place and their mind when they when they don't feel like they need to be here anymore or they 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 just want to give up because the the heaviness and the weight that it puts on you is like yo it's it's too much mm -hmm. you know, my kids are better off without me like i've done now i start thinking about all the wrong stuff i've done but then god start revealing to me the things that were yet to come the things i've already championed and um and overcome and then he started building that confidence, step by step. You know what I mean? So that was my therapist. That was my therapist. That was my therapist. Um, I was grateful to be connected to an amazing church family, um, the Church of the Overcomer. And I'm trying to tell you, when he puts the people in the place, it'd be perfect alignment at the right yes. time. I was introduced to that church by an organization called the Testimony Project. Come they on. They came to film my testimony. And I thought I was just helping a friend out. And um, they said, well, you can talk about whatever you want to. And that was the first time I publicly shared my testimony about having a stillborn and that whole experience. And now I'm still, I'm just thinking I'm sharing. And then, you know, they came, they did a, a public viewing of the episode. Wow. 
had been two years since we had filmed it. And I was watching myself and I'm like, well, I'm crying because I'm like, two years ago, I remember where I was mm. two years ago. And to see where I had came just two years later by being obedient, by staying on assignment, I'm like, I got to see the promise. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I could look at the, I could look at how the puzzles was, the puzzle pieces were being put together by looking back in the past. It's the only way you do that, right? So I'm thanking God. You know, you chose me. Thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for allowing me to, to still have life. Now, I opted to have my tubes tied because I never wanted to experience that again. Mm -hmm. um, and I really wasn't educated on making that decision, but that's the only thing that I knew would be terminal. Um, and, but, you know, had I been able to do things a little different, make some other decisions, I wouldn't have chosen to do that because um, you can't go back. So, right. so nonetheless, you know, we moved past that as well. So I, um, I've been grateful to meet some amazing people. And I'm still yet to meet some more amazing people. And I'm grateful that the relationships that I have uh, maintained through all, throughout all of this um, are strong, even stronger now. Um, I will tell you that losing yourself, uh, well, not losing yourself, um, coming into a new, like we all mm -hmm. evolve in life. We should, right? I shouldn't be the same person I was six years ago. Yes. Um, my, I've always thought... Um, self-development right so it's it's like um every step of the way you know god gives me a next piece like now i'm making a new map because now everything on that old map was completed already completed so right <laughs> so now i have to go into the next i have to draw out what's what it's going to look like next so i have to take time to meditate to go in prayer and to be present to be able to receive the next instructions because my mind has been blown. It's like, man, if this was this easy, why are we doing it time ago? But it'd be the right time. Mm -hmm. right? The um, right. Yeah. I've been vulnerable. I've been humble. Um, I've I've been stripped completely of who I thought I was, uh, what I used to do, things I no longer do. And yeah, it's still work being done on me. I ain't perfect. Don't claim to be. Right. Don't not me. Don't put that on me. But um, I definitely um I definitely am a believer that there is there is something out there greater than me, right? And I choose to believe in God um, because I feel like I want to live believing that there's a God and die and find out that there's not than rather live believing that there's not a God or something other than me and I die and I find out that there is. That's my philosophy. That's mine. That's how I'm choosing to live my life. Um, and then just being grateful, showing gratitude, I'm loving on people, even when I feel like they done done me wrong. I've been able to, um, in this process, you know, my one thing I didn't share was the challenges I have with my mom. I think all mm -hmm. young girls, at some point in time, the relationship between you and your mom, not everybody, but I know it's for me, it gets challenging. Mm -hmm. right? And um, there's things I'm like, oh, my mom should have told me or I should have knew or vice versa. But I, I had to give my mom grace now that mm -hmm. I understand. She did the best she could with what she had. What she knew. And I turned out just fine. Because what she couldn't do, there was other women in my family or there other women in my community that collectively provided. Mm -hmm. you know, produced this right here. Um, and God kept me through the whole time for purpose. So today I'm able to like, you know, I remember I was going to get married 
and uh, my mom, she wasn't able to attend my wedding, but there was some, there was uh, some, there was some things happening between us, like lack of communication, assumptions of how people feel. And I wanted her there, so I remember I went to her house um, a few days before, just to sit with her and just air it, because at that point in time, I said I'm getting ready to come into something new, right? Yes. Keep holding on to this, so I sat down with my mom, as uncomfortable as that was for me, and I was prepared that if it didn't go my way i was just ready to move on from there you know what i mean so we had the conversation i told my mom i said i want to be intentional with the relationship mm. it's gonna be rough and i i understand it i said but if you're willing to be intentional i don't want to be intentional but if you're not i'm okay with it you know what i'm saying because mm. um, i have a daughter and i didn't want to continue that on with my child so right. it's important to me I said to my mom, one, I think one of the most powerful things I said to my mom was, I see you as a woman today. Not just as my mom. I see you as a woman today. And who are you outside of being the wife, outside of being the mother, outside of being the sister, outside of being the friend? Who are you? You've been raising kids since you was 14. Wow. My mom is going to be 60 in October. Wow. That's a long time always putting people before you so who are you what do you like what do you want to do i want you to do those things that's bold girl like that because i'm saying that's freeing me mm -hmm. because now i can sit in front of my mind without um those feelings of like uh just the man it's just nastiness right but mm -hmm. i felt bold because i'm like today you meet me as a woman you know what i'm saying like, i'm not the teenage girl who gave me right. i'm not her I've grown up, I've matured. You know, I, my mouth used to be vicious. I could cut cheek with a knife with this tongue. Right. <laughs> and I flash it because the anger was in there. Like my mom left the family for about a year when I was 13. I'm just turning a leaf. I'm just coming into teenage years. And a new teenage stage. You felt like you needed her. Right. And I did, right? But I knew, I know now what she was going through. Mm -hmm. So I give my mom grace. Right? Mm -hmm. I give her, who am I to continue to hold her to her past mm -hmm. and what she did or didn't do? Like that's not even fair. So I had to I had to come to that part of my life where it's like, you know, Portia, you still gotta be be the bigger person. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm being the bigger person. I've grown, you know, God showed me some things and I love my mom, right? I love her dearly and do anything for her. And I, I wouldn't want to be on this earth without her. And I said to her, um, we left it. We left it like that. A few days later, she uh, sent me a text in the morning. Checking on me. We started from there. She invited me out to lunch. We went out to dinner. We had conversations, and it was just like we're not gonna keep going back in the past because we're today. Just on moving forward, and that was one of the greatest things I was grateful for because I said, if nothing else, God, thank you for reconciliation. Because you forgive me, you know what I'm saying. You forgive me, so right. I have to extend that same grace to my mom. She's human. So I'm grateful that we have that opportunity to reconnect now today. Um, and Covenant Lives uh, is going into its next phase. Um, I'm grateful that, uh, like I said, we had the live conversations on Wednesday night, which is now going into podcast. It's going to be turned into a podcast. So I'm leaving right. for expertise. Amen. God bless. As we go into that. Um, and in October, 
Um, I put in, I submitted a proclamation to the city of Coatesville, and um, I'm looking to partner with um, the BWCCA, which is the Black Women of Chester County in Action, yes. which is Maternal Child um, Health Consortium, and a few of uh, the WIN, the Women of the NAACP. And I'm looking to partner with um, other organizations that, you know, we can make this a community effort to awareness to pregnancy loss um, and efforts to, you know, prevent um, unfavorable outcomes. Okay. um, Labor and delivery. So it's an, I'm not going to say it's an epidemic or a pandemic with black maternal health, but it is. You know, we're three to four more times to have an outcome versus our counterparts. So there's an effort being made as well. This will be the first time I publicly get to uh, present Covenant Lives to our community on Monday at 8 o'clock, right? And um, it's hosted by the BWCCA and State Representative okay. K. Williams. And um, I am looking forward to that because it's part of the plan. Like, it's been part of the vision. And um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it to, um, just to share how we offer support to families um, as on providing advocacy, resource, and referral as an agency, but partnering with other agencies that are doing things well and are really helping people through the grieving process or whatever part that they can play that we're all working together. I don't claim to be the all of all and have it all. Like, that's not it. God gave me the vision for coming alive, but I also know that it's an agency. So in that being said, we are looking to to bring the right people on and sit in the right seats so we can grow with the vision. The vision is for the yeah. global, global, all over the world. And that's going to happen. Absolutely. So we have, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful today. I'm grateful today. I'm grateful that people know my son existed. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that people, you know, they still, they comment on Instagram, you know, prayer for you, my condolences. And now, like I say, Covenant Lives, um, in Covenant Lives, we, we honor infinite love. Mm-hmm. It's not something that goes away that you don't think about. But if we come together, um, then we're able to not only just support one another, but really find ways where, like, like I help my family. My family's not going to help another family. That family, yeah. family bring people into the fold. We have a, we have a private Facebook group. Just for bereaved families who lost their children, we provided a safe space where we can have conversations, we can talk, we can have value, we can love one each other and support one another. Because it's not, it's not easy, you know, because of the stereotype and the stigma, yeah. so pregnancy loss, and, and if you, it don't matter, it don't matter if you had an abortion, had a miscarriage, if you was a single mom, if you got multiple baby dads, your experience was your experience. Safe space, I like that. Right, safe space. So that's how we're growing. We're growing. We're growing in community. We're growing in number. We're growing in experience and value. You know, I do have a vision to actually have a home um, where it's the Covenant Lives house where people can come for eight weeks and just be friends, right? The family can rebuild together, love on one another, learn how to navigate the process, know how to identify when another family member uh, may be, you know, a compromising situation where you can step in. Like I'm also, cert- I'm a certified mental health first aider, and that's critical and key because I can identify, you know, if it's gone too long, if you've been depressed a little too long, you might need to reach out to, you know, um, a professional. Or you might need services, 
And uh, I know for me, it's like, you know, when you go through it, you, you can already pinpoint, but there are so many resources out here that one, people don't know, people don't have access to. And that's, that's where we, that's where we come in. We're in navigation. So, and that's why it's important to know the resources that are in your community because you can connect the dots. And I've, I've, I've been blessed to know quite a few people in this county, quite a few people in surrounding counties um, that have been addressing this issue and be able to pick up a phone and say, hey, yes. what we need, you know, where can they go if they need housing, if they need food, um, if they need financial help, like who's available? And how mm -hmm. can we I love that. I love that. Looking back at everything as a whole in your life, what has been the most uh, memorable moment of, of it all? Mm. Learning to let go. Mm. That I don't have to be in control. Learning to let go. Learning to learn, knowing how um, to truly forget. Mm. And how freeing and liberating it was when I did it for the first time. Yeah, I think once you can let go, you actually are releasing it for yourself, not for other person. Because the peace falls apart. Yeah. But I don't have to carry it. Like, truly, mm -hmm. know that I got God, I can tap God in at any given moment when it gets to help. That's his job. Right. I'm operating and knowing somebody else is going to fight them battles for me. Come on. So it was the relationship. Mm -hmm. Understand truly understanding what that relationship is, how it works to my benefit, but it's a give and give relationship, right? There we go. So, um, that's that's it. That was understanding that, um, I have something greater than me that I know is right here that I know I have access to. When it gets too heavy, I'm tapping in. Like I tell people, it's like being in the ring of life, right? You, I'm fighting. Um, all kind of opposition in that ring. Your job, your family, relationships, all kind of negative, you know, self-defeating stuff, all of that. I'm fighting it. But God ain't never told me that was my job. Mm -hmm. That cash cares upon me. Leave it at the altar. So God's like my coach in the corner. He's throwing scriptures. He's saying all these things to me. Yes. I'm like, all right, God, I got you. But just let me just throw this. Yeah, right. <laughs> And the whole time, like, I'm getting whipped up on, right? <laughs> and he, life will break you down until all I got is enough enough energy to crawl over to that corner, lift up a finger, just a tip. Mm -hmm. God, God tap, tap in, and he come in and annihilate. Mm -hmm. And he annihilates the enemy. That's all he asked me to do. Never asked me to carry it. He said, I got you. So I, I've learned to tap in. I've learned to tap in. I love that. And I think it's very important that people understand it's more than just knowing about God. It's about knowing the relationship. You know, who likes a person that only calls you when you need something? They need something. Come on. You got to be able to have that relationship where you're spending time with God so that you're able to understand when it's your voice versus his voice. And when it's his time to actually leave, when you really need help. So I love that. Yeah, and it's because I've been there too. I've been there where you know you you know you're walking with God, but then you get a little cocky, confident. Mm -hmm. And it's about you. It's like, oh, I did this. Or when people saying you, 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 mm -hmm. and take a step back, and it's like, no, 
you know, let me let me proclaim God because He took. I, I don't want the credit. Give the credit where it's due, please. Thank you to be blessed. God bless. Thank you. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's um, they happen. You know what I'm saying? Like you're flesh. Like yeah. this. We human. We human. But to know the relationship, you'll check yourself. You'll check yourself, right? Or you'll check in. Is this what you want me to do? Come on. And you got wait. Wait for an answer? Mm. That used to be hard. Until I was tired of hard. And I, you know, I didn't I didn't just go right in. I didn't jump all in. Like I, I tried some stuff. It worked. I tried and I obey. I, Try something else. Go back. Go back. Feeling like I was out of God's grace. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I don't know if you've experienced, or if anybody who's watching the replay, whatever has ever experienced, feeling like um you done done a little too much, right? And it's like, oh God, you like God's like, all right, I'm gonna leave you alone for a while. I want you to feel what it feels like to be without me, and nothing goes right. Nothing goes right. Climbing out of that hole to get back in grace. Um, even though grace has always been extended, but it's that the feeling of the acknowledgement, you know. And you, we have to go through those times in life. Like uh, my pastor talks about uh, being in the wilderness and what that means when you're in the wilderness or in the different seasons, you know, of your life and what God's really doing in that time. Like you're never alone. You're never alone. But it's sometimes that you have to walk, you have to walk and go through some things. You got to grow through some things um, to get to the next level for God to be able to truly use you how he's designed us to be. Um, because if any everything went your way, like what value would that be? What would you, right. Mm-hmm. If you wasn't tested and tried for battle or just tried, you know, to, to understand like or to make you stronger. Like, I appreciate the growth. We go through stuff to make us stronger. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and you make it through. Like that's mm-hmm. just knowing you're going. Hold on, like you're not in it by yourself. You're gonna put people in your place. They're gonna drop a word. They're gonna like. For instance, yesterday I was at work all day. I didn't eat nothing like that. Um, but one of the one of the aides on my bus came up to my bus early that morning. He made dinner last night. Gave me a whole plate. Come and on. I said, God, are you looking out? Because I said, I'm gonna be here all day. I got time to go get down to eat. I'm gonna just be here on this bus. And that was the, but that was proof to me and confirmation that He hear you. He hear you. Always make a way, bro. Mm. Oh, even with my kids. So I'm an uncommon woman. I got some <laughs> uncommon kids. <laughs> but, um, but in this journey and parenthood, Shanira, it's me. Letting go, giving them back to God, because the transitions that they're all having as young adults, mm-hmm. watch it, and I, I can't be there for everybody. Like I told you, my daughter tonight, she's in a crisis right now, but I'm on this live, and I was—I could have said, you know what, Shanira, it's not a good time. I gotta go see my daughter, but I took those few seconds for me and God to have a conversation, to step in there and let her know that I acknowledge her. That I mm-hmm. understand what going through at this moment. And that I'm right across the hall and I'm going to be right there when I'm done. But this is her moment of reflection. Mm-hmm. And I had to get that from God. It's like, no, you're not going to I got her. 
You know what I'm saying? That's she my daughter too. Right. I got her in this moment. Go handle your business. Okay. And that's how but I have to be that example for them now. Like they've grown up with me just like I grew up with my parents. They were young parents. Mm-hmm. I was a young parent with my kids. We grew up together. You know, I mean, that's my rider. Savannah's my rider. And I'm going to be there for her like she's been there for me. Right. And, um, but showing her that even in the midst of that, like you may think you lost your car, your car broke down, you don't have no car no more. You won't get another one. Right. You got right. right. It's going to be revealed to you. Just pay attention. Mm-hmm. Been there. Been there. Like so I'm grateful that the wisdom, right? I lived long enough to have some of that. That <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm applying it because I know that there's nothing I can say or do that's going to, um, you know, it adds value to their life, but there's nothing that I can say or do except for letting her know that you got to lean in, lean on, and tap in. To the source. The source. There we go. The plug. That's yeah. my plug. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, that's that's where we at today. That's where we okay. at. Okay. So if you could give advice to a woman that has experienced what you went through grieving their family, what would it be? Uh, for the woman, I would say um, even men, because men go through this too. Oh, you do. I think we, I think a lot of people forget about the men during that process, but men grief too. Absolutely, they sure they sure do. They do it different. Mm-hmm. Um, their uh, their outlet is different, uh, but nonetheless, it's, it is uh, very much well the same. It's important. So for to the woman, don't beat yourself up, sis. Mm. Like you having an experience and it the grief. The grief you're going to feel is natural. It's a natural process of life. We will lose things, right? The only the only way in your her position is going to be unique in what you experience. There's going to be people around you who, who may offer a kind word of condolences. They've been there. They understand what you're going through. And they're not going to really understand what you're going through because your situation is unique. But understand that. And people say things that seem mean because they don't know who we're trying to educate them. We're attempting to educate them um, to know how what to say, how to say. Um, don't allow yourself to be alone. Mm. Have somebody in in your corner um, of support, even if you're just sitting there in silence. Mm-hmm. Be able to communicate what it is that you need from people, if you can, um, that um, you will get through this. For sure. It may feel like you're not. I promise. It will feel like the end of the world. It may. It may feel like you're not worthy. Um, but whatever those things is, I would say, my key thing for her, for her, I would say is to, if you can't do anything else, if you can't get in a silent place um, and learn how to communicate with God or communicate with, um, or meditate, right? Mm. Um, it's you have you need somewhere somewhere with someone you can release that. You can journal, journal, write it down, write down the dark days, write down the happy days. But tell your story. The only way you're gonna be able to tell it for the next woman who may come up, you may come across either she can pick it up and read it, you know what I'm saying? Or you can be you then become that beacon, that beacon who shares their testimony to help heal somebody else as they go through the process. For the for the husband, for the man. Um, I would say 
you know, give her grace as well. Um, mm. Not to not to internalize what went wrong, who's to blame, right? Because men tend to express their feelings and their grief and anger. Um, it comes out in aggression. Women receive that different. Women don't understand that that man's um, position is to make sure she's okay, not worry mm-hmm. about. Um, and he feels as though you know, what I mean, this was his legacy. These were hopes and dreams that he had as well. You carried the baby, but he also had a vision for that child's life as well. Find the things that you guys have in common mm-hmm. in the situation, and be honest. If you need time, you don't want to talk, um, but do agree. To be able to come together at some point in time and if you need counseling get it if you need to get it um and that's you know agree to disagree when you can but more that. yeah find that time where you guys can come together and if you have other children um be open and honest allow them allow them the space to say how they feel even if you don't have the answers just allow them the opportunity to say what that what that experience meant to them as well and any other family members connected grandparents who was also you know looking forward to you know the new life um you know just invite them in and have that open conversation as a family the, the more the more you communicate the the greater your chances are are growing stronger together and still staying united because an event an experience like this can really tear a family apart for sure mm, i love that you said that you know bring the family together because a lot of people forget like after the most week or two weeks after everything happened sometimes everyone forgets about what actually happened so i think unity with the family is very important and just those check-ins from time to time with the parents it's important you know during that grief as well okay so for people that need the resources um with the family lives how can they reach out to you? So they can visit the website. Um, there's a chat. There's a chat box on there as well. Um, they can leave their email, their phone number. We'll reach back. We'll reach out to them. Um, there's, you know, there's. Uh, I think there's, there is a form on there that just evaluates where they are in their process. If they're supporting someone in the process and they're looking for information, we have a whole resource tab um, on okay. our website. Um, there's other organizations that are on there. Um, there's information for dads. There's national information, like I have an amazing partnership with Star Legacy Foundation, and they provide trainings, um, counseling online um, that are very helpful. Uh, Chester County um, has an amazing um, mental health first aiders program. It's one I'm certified in um, at, at no cost. Um, and it, it really allows you to help even for yourself. Like it helped. I joined, I had first got certified because I needed to understand what was going on with me. Mm. And know my know the triggers and what was going on so i encourage people to at least in your family have at least one person one person who is certified not just in cpr but also mental health first aid because you know since the the crisis we had a few years ago 2019 um when we were forced to you know be to um be in our homes right without human connection except outside of the people that was in our houses um what that yes. someone internalized and mentally so to be able to acknowledge um, and, and be able to um, give attention to when someone is not themselves and what that means. It doesn't mean that they're crazy. They may just be going through um, 
something emotionally, but don't know how to express or communicate that. So mm. more questions to kind of like gauge them to see where they're at in their in their mind or what they're feeling can um can maybe save somebody's life. Mm. Love that. So yes, that's listening on Corona's. Please visit her website at awesomecovenantlife.com and you'll be able to find all that information that she just provided to you. Do you have anything else going on for the community or anything that's coming up? Oh, okay, so next so next week, like I said, I because you know my the spirituality was a big part of my healing process. Um, I was asked to lead the women's group at my church, and we are having a um for the past 12 months, yep, it is Chosen Vessels Women's Ministry of the, of the Church of the Overcomer. Uh, we just completed a 12-month series of self-care entitled A Woman for All Seasons. And we are celebrating those who have graduated from that first 12 months. And this is um, open to the public. You know, this this program is open to the public. Um, we're moving into our next season. Yep, they can get tickets for that event. And I will tell you tonight, uh, if you click that event right and you find us at, for this event, um, the tickets, um, the ticket price has been waived. It has been waived up until next oh, okay. okay, so you can get your tickets for free right now. Um, and I ask you get those tickets. <laughs> get your tickets. Um, you you're gonna see twelve women. Well, not twelve women. You're gonna see um women of the program who've been very successful in their transformation. Um, what they've what some have started businesses, some have started their own ministries, some are growing their ministries in our business. But in the past 12 months, what we've been able to do together is break that stigma that you know women can't get together and be successful. And these are these are amazing women. These are women who are already in leadership positions personally and professionally, and we're going to the next level. So if you come out next Saturday, you will truly be blessed. Um come be come out and support the women who are being honest. Shanira is one. So if you're on here, you're mm-hmm. fine community you definitely want to come out and um and just celebrate with us uh honoring her and awarding her for the many great things that she's accomplished over the past 12 months um and then um what we're looking forward to our next group the next 12 months are elite women equipping leaders that are inspiring transformational excellence it's going to be (laughs) definitely be in a room we look forward to seeing you there um man it's just been Thank you for this tonight, Shannon. It was amazing. And I, like she said, I'll be, I'm such honored to be one of the women that's going to be getting a recognition. Um, Chosen Vessels is so dope. And I love how she just puts um, these workshops together so that we can fellowship with each other and I get to be vulnerable and just speak to other women that's going through things and we can pray with them. And it's just a good time because it's hard for women to get together and be positive. Like, there's so much negativity. There's so much judgmental things going on. There's so much comparison. But um, the women's uh, workshop that she had together is amazing. It's, it's peaceful and it brings light to the world that we can come together as women and honor each other and love on each other and be transparent. Um, so, yeah, make sure you come out next week. And it's Mother's Day weekend, so bring your mom, bring your aunties, you know, bring out to support. What do you have the address off the top of your head? Yep, I don't so think the, it's in a flyer. Yep, the address is 1016 Sunset Street in Trainer PA. The code is 19061. It is the Church of the Overcomer. 
and uh, we will. Yeah, we have an amazing day set out. We got. I'm not gonna give you all the details because you, you can't give them the details. They we need to have know. An amazing spread um, that's gonna be presented for the women. Um, we have. Um, um, we have a. You're gonna be served. You know what I'm saying? Your dinner. Well, your brunch because from twelve. It's from twelve to three. And um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, the, it's being decorated. Like, I mean, you come in, girl. Y'all better be in a room. And we have, so let me, we have an amazing keynote speaker. I was, there we go. And I'm telling you, she's going to be speaking from operating from your zone of genius. Come on. be in a room. I'm talking about, like I said, none other, uh, Chinese Carol. This is my dear friend. Um, and I've already, I've already been a witness. So um, her speech, and I'm telling you, it's going to transform your life. You're never going to look at the word genius the same again when she breaks it down. So definitely be in a room, like you said, bring a friend, two or ten. Don't be shy. Come on. We're going to fill the room. We're going to fill the room, guys. If you don't have anything planned for Mother's Day, trust me, you're going to get a meal. You're going to get entertained. You're going to get some free giveaways. Bring your mom on out. Come on down. We love to have you there. Yes, yes. I'm super excited. But before we close out for this evening, and I know you answered it, I should have recorded it from season 10, which you said, but I did. Oh. <laughs> Y'all were season 10. Uh, episode 10, I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah. now that time has changed because it's been, what, three years since wow. you've been on this show? Yeah. Um, time is definitely we were robbed. We already said you were robbed in life. What makes you uncommon now? Oh, what makes me uncommon? Uncommon. I'm, I mean, one, I'm uniquely me, but what makes me uncommon is that I had that fierce tenacity of never giving up, not quitting. Um, I see opportunity for every woman to be able to be the best that she can be. I have a gift in, to be able to bring that out of people. Like I'm, if you come on, if you come on with me, no matter what platform you come on with me, my goal. If you share your goal with me, my goal is to help you reach that goal. I'm your accountability per person oh, for nice. life. For life, I'm texting you. You you can be mad. They're gonna be mad at me. I tell a lot of my clients that work with me, you're not gonna like me all the time, right? Because I'm your conscience. I'm your accountability. I'm the one that's showing up at your job. I'm the one that's showing up. If you at the gym, if you haven't checked in, I'm checking in where you at with your goals. They're not completed. Listen, I'm the I'm that nagging person because you made a commitment to yourself. You need it. You signed on with me to be that for you. So I used to when I even watched the work at I them the students to get them through three years, adult students, right? It was rough. Because people think life happens. Life does what it's supposed to do. But mm -hmm. my job was to keep you committed to your why until you graduate. So over Harcum now has over a hundred, over over a hundred and eighty students graduated from Coastville. Come on. They're graduating the next class on the 20th. Um, and well, they're graduating on the 13th, but we'll have a ceremony for them in Coastville. And I'm just to be an alum and it's still like one of the last person that I recruited is graduating um, this is next weekend. That's big for me. So I want to make sure I'm there to support them. And um, it's doing amazing things. So when you get to see what you created still living on, like, that's dope, man. 
That's mm-hmm. dope. So that's me uncommon. Like I don't, I don't give up. I love it. So Portia is your accountability guru. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Portia. It's such an honor to have you on. And, you know, you are truly a dear friend to me personally, but I just love, love the uh, change that I've seen. I know you've since you were 14 now, but we ain't going to get into that. <laughs> not this show, not this show. That's another show. Let's check and see if we have any comments or questions here before we close out. All right, we're good to go. Um, so thank you for sharing your story, um, especially touching on uh, your testimony and a touching story about them. But he's such blessed to have a wonderful mom like you. And um, he's looking down on you as well as your grandfather. Thank you for the viewers that came out today and listened to Portia uh, talk about Covenant Lives and her testimony. Be sure to check out this week. We'll be here Thursday at 7 p.m. for another session. And then we also have um, Motivational Mondays on Instagram. Be sure to check that out on Uncommon Women Podcast with one of our co-hosts, Tyra, where she drops some tools and nuggets in regards to um, motivating everyone for Monday in the week to come. Also, if you're interested in being a speaker on Uncommon Women, be sure to email us at uncommonwomenpodcast.gmail.com. And Reminded to be your authentic. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember to stay on We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've been shacking up with us for a while and haven't subscribed to our channel, what are you waiting for? Please like and subscribe to Uncommon Woman so you won't miss another episode. And remember, don't let anything or anyone affect your peace, good vibes, and stay uncommon.